All right, so here we are, another episode of The Sore Losers Show. I'm here today with my guest, you might know him as It's a Pirate Life on Instagram. Um, his name is Cameron Markin. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Hey, hey, glad to have you. Um, giving up some time today to answer a few questions. My, my primary thing i think we we should cover diy cool because uh you as far as i'm concerned um are the king of diy in australia i won't take that label but thanks yeah i mean i think it's i think it's true um how how did you get how did you start getting involved in diy uh just originally through shooting photos, I was always pretty adjacent to it growing up on the northern beaches for a while and then there was a push with developing port side DIY back then. Yeah, yeah. So I was not barely involved with that, honestly, but just more on the peripheries. That was like my original introduction to it. Sure. Yeah. And then from then, always just enjoyed skating it for years but there was that disconnect where I enjoyed skating it, but then didn't have that knowledge of like, you could just go do this yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one day I saw that a few of the, you know, there's those groups that do like the volunteer DIY movement internationally. Yeah. There's Wonders Around the World, there's Concrete Jungle Foundation. Mm -hmm. So I saw Wonders Around the World were doing a build, uh, Jamaica's first concrete skate park. Oh, wow. Yeah. Down in Boston. Boston Bay in Jamaica. So I hit him up and I asked like what you need to do to get involved. Basically told him I had absolutely no experience. And they said, if essentially if you can get yourself there, mm. then food and board was covered. Yeah. Right. And we all slept in this big community center and this in English bloke, Rob showed me how to make concrete coping on the first day with a trowel on a table. Yeah. Right. They had the setup already, a little jig and a trowel ready to go. Um, and so for like, a whole month straight, I made concrete coping, woke up at 6am, would pour some blocks and then strip the table by midday and then do another run. So we could line this whole skate park with concrete coping and then that was my first intro. Well, that's a, that's a good way to learn. Yeah. Really. It was, anytime you do something for a month straight. Yeah. And then I think just being in that DIY environment, everyone is so keen for you to learn. There's yeah. no gatekeeping. No one's guarded about their information because the quicker you progress, the more helpful you are to the overall team. Yeah, of course. Of so course. yeah, it was just a perfect environment, I think, to get into it. Yeah. It just came back addicted. Well, it sounds like it. And then, and then up and up and up and up. Yeah. That was it. I started building concrete mini rib in mum's backyard because yeah. she let me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you got permission, it's always better because I guess the risk isn't there that, you know, someone's going to come along, not be happy with it and tear it out. Yeah. That's hand in hand. You just accept yeah. that now. Well, I think that's, that's my perspective anyway is, um, the, you know, skating, it, everything's <clears throat> disposable, you know? You set up a board and your intention is that that will eventually just be useless to you and thrown out, you know? Yeah. Or, or passed on to someone, like, who would ride it or, yeah. Um, I suppose so it can be like... Wheels wear out, trucks wear out, everything everything wears out and becomes disposable at some stage. Mm -hmm. you know? 
So that shiny thing on the shelf in the skate shop is designed to for you to make it not shiny anymore <laughs> and fall apart. Um, but how many how many spots? How many DIY spots do you reckon you've done um, over the years? Well, like a num an actual number, like roughly, yeah. Uh, right, giving minute. And then there was probably like not not like a crazy maybe like between fifteen twenty ish. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's is that. Including like throwing up a little quarter pipe somewhere or yeah. yeah. Anytime a bit of concrete's involved. Yeah. 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 So yeah. even the little ones for sure. Well, I thought it I actually thought it'd be more than that because I'm I'm really used to seeing you, you know, with a trowel in your hand. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere you're not supposed to I mean, maybe it isn't honestly my memory is just betraying me at the moment. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's, there has been a lot. But then also it hasn't been going on for that long either, I suppose. I went to Jamaica. It was the year, two years before COVID because the year after I went to Tanzania and did another one in 2019. Yeah. So I only really started touching concrete in 2018. So it's been yeah. like, it's that four years now, five years? And that led into a, a bit of work for skate park companies as well, kind of thing, like after, you know? Yeah, skate park company light, like here yeah, and there. Yeah. yeah Real yeah. casual. Get handy with the trowel and, um, yeah. Get paid a little here and there. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. What about, um, what, what's your, what stands out for you? What's your, what was the favorite or, or like, the 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 one spot within Australia that you've done that you just get the most the the best feeling about having worked on. I mean that's yeah it's for sure got to be Portside just because that really was like a big community push. Yeah. We couldn't have just done that with even three four people. That took a lot of people coming yeah. together with resources, time, yeah, and like being up there, me and Dylan for like six weeks straight, I think it was, and just yeah. seeing everyone come and go every day, well, that was pretty beautiful for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously riding at the end is something else, but just that whole build was, yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, Even but, Poor Day, like, that was special. Poor Day was. Poor Day was. I was there. I had a little bit of fun there. That was definitely a fun day, yeah. and it was, it was such an odd experience. I mean, I'm used to sort of... Um, you know, working for revolution and stuff and building stuff. I'm, I'm pretty. You're no stranger to DIY, though. Well, no. I mean, I, I've done a couple of projects here and there. Yeah. Built a, um, a mini ramp in my old, um, my old English classroom at my high school. Got shut down. What Vaucluse? Was that you? Yeah, you built that mini. Yeah, me. Myself, Nick, and Andreas, actually, all those years ago. Um, so sick. Yeah, so that was that was probably about, I think it would have been like a month straight of mostly 
Nick and I walking around that school and source, sourcing material. Nick who? Uh, Nick Tokic. Okay. Yeah. So we'd just walk around and um, just be like, you know, if if we could you know, put a hammer through a wall and pull out <laughs> studs. Yeah, pull out studs or, or find a stash of... What did you shoot it with? Um, so we had, we found, I think we pulled, so the cork, the, not cork boards, the, um, you know, you, you have like a notice board and it's got a soft furry, um, outside that yeah, you yeah. pin stuff to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So underneath that was, I think it might've been nine mil. Yeah. Um, so we used that. And you found enough of that. We, yeah, we found exactly enough to we didn't the the only expense we had was screws yeah. and um coping and glue coping with some street signs yeah um yeah so and then on top of that plywood we glued down um the masonite old chalkboards so we went around stripping all the chalkboards out of the classrooms and yeah were they green they were green, yeah. With the green side facing up, yeah. that's so sick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the first kind of thing we did. So that obviously all with with timber. We only paid for screws. Like, it was a really kind of cheap one to do. Good introduction. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and I think we got, so the first night, um, Nick being a, um, a sparky by trade, mm. turned the power back on for us. So we, we had like, we had like the, the cutting room Yeah, was, was right next door where we cut everything to size. With what, wired tools or just back? Wired, wired tools. Um. That's a treat. The coping was welded. Um, yeah. On, on little L bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's so legit. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the first timber ramp you'd build? Uh, no, no. Always, always built stuff. Um, it would, it started when I think I was 11 or something like oh, that. Really that Just building jump ramps, yeah, you know, yeah. and not knowing what you, what you're doing. Start with a piece of ply on a cinder block. You're just figuring it out, you know, like going, oh, like you watch a video and there'd be like a street comp or... Uh, a jump ramp section in a video in the area. yeah 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 and you just go oh, I want to build something like that so you go around the neighborhood so there's a construction site here sorry to anybody that um you know <laughs> suffered lost a little bit of plywood uh, for the greater good yeah that's it and then we'd take uh real estate signs um which used to be made of there was like four real estate agents in a row in one street yeah and out the back, they had a back lane behind and they'd store, store all their for sale or for lease signs out there, which were um, happened to be made of masonite. Perfect. So, yeah, um, a lot of... How did you figure out the shape of your radius? Hand-drawn. What do you mean? Hand-drawn. Just, just like literally with the texture. Yeah. On a piece of plywood. Did you try and have like your arms straight so it like continued as, or not literally? No, just, just like that looks pretty good, you know? Like you'd stand it up and look at it 
against against the wall or something and go, yeah, that looks that looks right, yeah. Um, and then Jigsaw back then. Jigsaw, there was a there was an old guy um, who lived. There was like a drainage canal in from my mate's um, back lane where we built everything. <laughs> and across the drainage canal was someone's backyard, this old guy that used to lend us his jigsaw. And um, so that was introduction to, yeah, using, first of all, power tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and building stuff, you know. But the thing with that is they fell apart uh, so quickly. Yeah, like they... That last, yeah, literally the weekend. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd have to rebuild. That's the learning experience though. And then the next one's better and then... No, they were never better. (laughs) (laughs) Then what happened between there and Vaucluse? Um, A lot. Surely some progression at some point. Oh, yeah. Look, you you learn not to use nails. Um, Use screws instead. Fordham. Like that one that, that we did in... That classroom, that mini ramp, um, was so sturdy that when they discovered it and they tried, because we glued the mason, not only did we screw the masonite down, but we also glued it. Yeah. Um, so it was glued down to the ply. I believe the plywood was then also glued down. Uh, well, onto the structure, like the beams. Yeah. yeah. And so it was. It was really sturdy. When they tried to pull it apart, it looked like they tried to 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 get a pinch bar or something to yeah. rip the surface off of it. And it like they took a chunk like this out of the edge of it and just couldn't get any further and kind of gave up. But yeah, that thing didn't last as long as it took to build. Oh, really? I think it was around for about six weeks and we were around for about, you know, from when we decided to do it, probably about a couple of months. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I think the next thing we did was um, a pool at St. Ives. Um, What, reshaped it? Yeah. 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 Uh, you had a few international visitors at that one. Yeah, that that was a good one. A lot of people came out to um it was around Bolarama was in full swing yeah um and dean turcott was pretty much his project to be honest he okay. he he was like he said well because the shape of the pool was really cool and it had like a love seat in the middle like so along the main thing is just being able to get away with it like regardless of we, the shape or anything, we got lucky. Yeah, we it, that was pure luck. Um, it was that place was always going to get torn down, but the surrounding properties were also um, empty for the same development. There's like, I think there's two apartment blocks there with like a courtyard kind of thing in the middle there now, but having an empty property next door behind it yeah and on the other side it was perfect um who do you think skated it the best or was your favorite most powerful and a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons um rune skated it really well but i have to say i think the person that skated the best was was um james mcginnis he he just local guy, New, New Zealand guy, yeah. but 
he found lines in that thing that nobody and he did a lot of firsts in there and yeah see so he did a blunt to fakey inside the death box so ah that's so sick inside the death box couldn't do that with the ace 80s no no you wouldn't fit no but yeah, you could go over the death box in a different way, maybe do like a rock the fakey kind of thing. But yeah, I think definitely that was a fun project to do too. Is there footage around of people skating that pool? Yeah, there's a um Dean made a um like a documentary style thing of it. And the first half of that is um basically all the goes through the construction process and you can see how much we have no idea what we're doing amazing you know like um any steel in the concrete nah we tried we tried um chicken wire at first it just kept like coming up and flexing up yeah yeah we couldn't get it to sit right um yeah but the the one thing we did do was put um a groove in the surface, like chipped out a groove. Toe line. Yeah. Yeah. So toe line and then up the top as well. So that's one thing we definitely got right. Um, but everything else was, yeah, all wrong. Yeah. I think a lot of the time we were putting... What? Did you have anything in the way of formwork? Um, bricks. Yep. And then... So oh, basically no formwork, no formwork. We just, we had fill side by side and screed up. We didn't really screed it. Yeah, okay. It was kind of freehand. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we had basically, we had a piece of plywood cut and one piece that was our transition mm -hmm. that we wanted mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah. And then we just throw mud at it. Yeah. And shape it. And then put that in place. Oh, go, sick. Yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. So, perfect. No, that's sick. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then, um, yeah. So, if you check out um, Sydney Pool Services on on YouTube, there's, um, you can see a bit of that shit if anybody is interested. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah. That, that lasted a lot longer than I think any of us expected it to. How long was it around for? Must have been close to a year. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But then finally, I think the developers got the shits and they were pulling some trees out from the property and decided to put this. They pulled out like the root system, the, yeah. root, the root bulb of like a massive tree and just dumped it in the middle of the pool <laughs> so that's a direct message isn't it yeah it was like yeah you guys your time your time's up yeah oh that's pretty generous in sydney especially a whole year that's yeah. unheard of yeah um like i said we got we got really lucky with that place mm. um but my understanding is also that those places were empty for a full year beforehand so yeah it could have been up to two years but yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Um, what what's what's the driving force behind the DIY? Like, it's a lot of commitment to put into something. Like we said before, that you know might not 
be there for uh, probably won't be yeah all too long so what's your drive behind it just to have some somewhere unique or yeah it's it started with pretty selfish intent of just there's nothing that I want to skate or this is something specific that I want to skate. I yeah. can visualize it or there's a spot for it mm. and no one else has done it. So, yeah, that was it. That's how it started. And then once I did and then just seeing how much people enjoyed it and what a wide variety did, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you ever hear about the Philly Up DIY that we had going? No. That was like at the end of a street right near my house in Sydney. We had these two little quarter pipes that formed a channel and then a few other little pieces and it was right at this food truck. Okay. But you'd go by on any given Sunday. It's actually where I met Seth. Were you not with him that day? No, I don't think so. Did you ever see Seth skating that DIY? I don't think I did. I'll show you after anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just sick. Like he, I met Seth there for the first time ever and he was like with his kids and maybe even his missus and stuff, just getting a feed and having a skate. And you'd see that all the time. I thought it was like, I don't know. It was affirming that as much as you're made to feel like what you're doing is illegal, in reality, it's just a community service. It's appreciated by all and it's just a red yeah. tape and the bullshit that makes it feel illegal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think <clears throat> generally speaking... I think if to circle back, like the main reason is just like that got me into it was like, why not? Because once I saw how possible it is, the only thing stopping you is the fact that it's going to go, which is like more of a money thing than yeah. frustration. And then the fear that something might happen when you're doing it. But so far, nothing. I've, I've never been busted either because like, you know, when you discover that uh, I'm using a rub brick on a curb is a lot of work. Yeah. And if you just use a cup wheel on your angle grinder, it's a lot easier. Uh, a lot of dust. Aside from the dust, um, the dust does tend to attract a bit of attention. Cops just pulling up as you're doing it. Yeah, I've, I actually had that happen. <laughs> I had that happen. <clears throat> but they didn't say anything. Yeah. They just... Because, like, I think it was, it was... From all I can figure is... It was more trouble to them to pull me. What What am I doing? I'm grinding back a bit of concrete just to make it smooth. What's the it's what? not. You almost want vandalism. You almost want like a cheap ticket just to have that, like a ticket from. I know. I've never been busted. I've never been busted doing. Yeah, we got. Actually, to, to backtrack to that pool at St. Ives, um, because there was a lot of construction going on around there, people had already started construction. Okay, actually, first story, surveyors came in while we were... Uh, For redevelopment of the building. Yeah, so the surveyors came in, and I was wearing a high-vis vest yeah. every day that I was in there, and then the surveyors came in, and they're like, oh, there's already people working here. And I'm like, I think everybody went and hid in the house. Um, and it was just you? And it, and it was, I was like, I'm just going to go talk to them. Yeah. Because at some stage, they're going to spot one of us, you know. they can. There's, were you mid-construction at that point? I think, yeah, we were. Okay. So, yeah, so I just went out and spoke to them. Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, doing some surveying today. They're like, yeah, yeah. How do we get 
do you know how we get to the um the back property here i'm like yeah, yeah there's only a hole in the fence but i'll show you how and like so gave them the walkthrough yeah um and actually got some info off them going oh like, like when timelines and such yeah so they were like oh we're not too sure you know we're just we're just doing this but I'd imagine, you know, eight months time, 10 months time, that, that sort of thing. Um, and then another occasion we were actually mixing concrete and someone had turned the hose off from the front yard where we were running the hose. Then the, the gate opens and there's a legit construction dude from, from the site next door saying, oh, oh. Sorry, guys, I, I didn't realise you were working in here. I thought it was just kids, you know, that... The, fucking with the tap. Yeah, fucking with the tap or something. I'll turn, I'll turn that back on for you. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and just walked out and just like, well, that was fucking close. Because um, guaranteed the construction company he was working for did the construction there. Oh, really? So, yeah, because it was on the... They just hadn't started on that. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the owners? No, um, it was so long empty that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, just really lucky with that, that one. Um, what's the shortest one you've done? What's what, like a little quarter that micro DIY? Um, there's in Alexandria, you know, near Sydney park, Mm -hmm. can't remember the name of the street, but there's a bridge that crosses a canal. Okay. And so... The railing that stops you going off into this bridge, into this canal, uh, has jersey barriers at the end of it that taper down, but mm -hmm. not all the way. They finish, it's like escalator jersey barrier that finishes maybe that high. Okay. So then I just put in a little triangle and now people have gone up it and then grinded the rail. Oh, good. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about... Uh, have you had many, I should say, that have just been torn out? Like councils just go, nope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, shortest lasting would be one that I did near Piermont. And it was, I did follow that uh, Clayton Grawl. You know Clayton? Yeah. Had a bit of inspo from him to do like a poor at home quarter. Oh, on the, on, on the, the existing rock. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, I heard that people used to skate that just standalone as a spot in the 90s would just skate that rock, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah. that one would have only lasted, mm, I think, four days. Yeah. yeah. yeah just right. the area that it's in and such. Yeah, sometimes it happens that way. Yeah, and then that Philly up one that I said I met uh, Seth at, yeah. that one had the funniest sabotage because there was, there's a neighbour that lives right there that mm. hates it. So there was just constant sabotage every build. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What was, what kind of sabotage? Uh, it started with like, they'd go and like, maybe get a stick and put it in some wet concrete as I walked away from it, you know, because I'd wait with it for a pretty long time. But then, because it was so close to home, I'd wander home and then come back and do another pass with the trowel. So I'd come back and it'd be a bit fucked up and I'd have to fix it. And then I think as the spot grew, it just kept escalating. Like there was one time they emptied two tubs of quick grip all over it, like the, the glue or whatever, that series product. But it came up perfect. You just let it dry and just peeled it up. And then there was another time they emptied um, 
rapid set, high strength concrete, few bags of dingo, expensive stuff as well, straight onto it. But then again, just scrape straight up. They put nails in it. Nails? They put, they wipe their own dog shit on it, saw that. And then eventually I was like, all right. So I hit a little GoPro camera nearby and put set a time lapse. And I, cause we had no idea who was doing it. They, at this point, they had already written my full name and address because they figured out who I was by following me home. And they'd written my full name and address in spray paint all over the spot on the ground and stuff. And so this GoPro captures them walking past, holding their dog in one arm, and they've got three old empty wine bottles from home and they're just breaking them on the spot. And I was like, okay, so I know who it is now. I still see him around. Yeah. They love skateboarding, obviously. Yeah, community pillar. Um, yeah, I did. That's the thing about DIY, though. It can be something so simple, like how many roads have a jersey barrier at the, at the end of them because they're they're now closed access. Like, did you ever see that one in Melbourne called Victoria Secrets? It was a COVID spot. Yes. Yeah. That was so simple, but mm. so good. All it took was curbs, and they just concreted a little triangle into some of the curbs yeah. in select spots to make like channels and roll-ons and stuff it's all you need simplicity of it um yeah and that that comes down to the so when you go to a um a potential spot or you or you stumble a, across a slab of concrete or something like that and then you your imagination just starts going like that that imagination kind of have you ever sat down and actually paper planned stuff out or you just get an idea in your head and sort of visualize it standing there? Uh, both. And then also the whole thing with DIY, the real beauty of it comes in when you've got a bit of a pre-plan and then the adjustments that you make along the way that you see yeah. are necessary, that's where the magic comes. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's where you find the one, one in a world, like, the only one that exists, super yeah. unique, yeah. and it works so good. That's the and that's the big difference between <clears throat> um, DIY and skate parks is that they are not perfect. Yeah, that's where there's still some of that magic in the '90s park when it was a bit more lawless, you know, yeah. because um, they had the ability to maybe make a little change without any sort of repercussion. That's it. So many skate parks now. Um, uh, following a sort of cookie cutter standard you know you've got your your three foot quarter with a certain radius and yeah. you know you might be lucky enough for that to be come to a hip and you got your standard height ledges and you know your standard 400 high or 450 high um flat bar and that's it like they've they've perfected the technology in well, they've definitely increased it in building parks. They've refined it so much and you can see what they can achieve. But yeah, especially in Australia, we're definitely plagued by some certain big players yeah. that tend to, despite the amount of resources they have, rely on a catalogue of pre existing obstacles. Yeah. And shopping those out and then maybe a little bit too much community liaison or not being able to decipher who's liaising at these community meetings. I do think that's a very valid point because it it comes down to a lot of the time these community meetings where it's to decide 
on something that's going to be around for 15 to 20 years, um, the people having their say there aren't going to be involved in whatever their activity is. That's a good point. Uh, you know, they got like, if they're riding a scooter, the likelihood of them still riding a scooter when they're an adult. Or even like the thought of people currently in their, say, prime for enjoying it. It's almost not for them, you know, because that's a short window at that point and it's for that next generation. Yeah. However that precedes itself, which I think can be interpreted and a design can be developed more on concepts of working on what's currently available around certain areas so you don't end up with adjacent suburbs with identical obstacles that's and it's so unfortunate when when things like that happen like it's almost what's the point in in traveling <clears throat> you know because there's there's no difference there's no that used to be why you'd go to a park because it has as much as it's got a, a nice variety you want to flow around it has maybe one two a handful of things that don't exist anywhere else exactly yeah, yeah. um and it's so important i think um now we're getting to the stage where people are realizing this and within park design you know people know they've got to do something a bit different and for for myself speaking like when i saw the plans for tilopia um the addition to tilopia beside the bowl there that street section um who designed that that was actually um one of the big big yeah. guys uh so that was convict that designed it but i think it was a new a new guy Are they it's not like they're that company can't design a good park. They've got some gems under their belt. Oh, yeah, agreed. But it's 2023 and everything has to be a gem and not in the council award-winning aesthetic way, in the functionality way. Yeah, I uh, completely agree. And I think for such a small area, that park at Tilopia just has so much fun stuff. It works so good. It's just, yeah, and I... Th it's a shame, you know? It's like they put everything experimental into that park and now it's like, oh, well, yeah, back to the three-foot... Yeah. <laughs> back to the three-foot quarter. But I'm, I am happy to see things being built, um, like Miranda coming up uh, with some, you know, like a, a classic kind of what feels... Or seems like a more natural plaza with planter box style ledges and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think the granite is good. I don't know how we're going to go on future proofing it. Like, also how we'll go, like with constant maintenance. Sydney Park's holding up pretty well. And if you look at city tiles, mm. like actually in the CBD, they've held up, yeah. you know, well for what, however many decades. Yeah. So hopefully it on that like in maintenance way it lasts but yeah it, they they feel great yeah it's awesome yeah uh, Ryan's about to get that as well where is Paran in Melbourne okay yeah yeah cool um which is yeah I think it it does that granite kind of top 
lends itself to being replaced easier than if you were just going to do it. That's true. That's true. So if your concrete blows out or wears down for whatever reason, yeah, that's going to be harder to repair clean than pulling out. Like it is really hard to try and fix. I know from from doing it at um, at Monavale Skate Park, the curb there, mm-hmm. that uh, red concrete curb. Once it gets chunks out of it it's really hard to repair because it's you know the wear and tear on it whatever product you put in is eventually going to pull out so yeah right yeah okay you're kind of better off um just grinding it back a little yeah uh, Yeah. which is i've talked to dave before about the idea of like doing a whole epoxy need it coping line like so the whole surface that you're grinding is one continual bead of it yeah right yeah i actually i like um glebe i like those steel curbs Mm. i do wish that the top wasn't or or was wider on the top so it'd be more consistent if you're doing something like a crooked grind so that you're the, that concrete feels so dry right next to that metal hay. So for the crooks, it feels really grabby. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah, and they like could a, go even a slightly sharper angle on those. Yeah, I think so too. Like it's a little too much round on it. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, but I think conceptually, steel curb, good idea. Yeah. If they're not too loud, fill it with concrete. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's the other thing with that is like they're not hollow. Um, yeah, because that would sound horrible, I think. Yeah, the opposite of the sound of a, a slappy that, that you want. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, I mean, you're always going to want concrete at the end of the day because you want to feel that that sound, you want to hear it. Yeah. But it is a good alternative in parks for future-proofing slappies. I don't know, I've put so much wax on curbs that they, they're silent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I skated the Greek before. Um. I wanted to talk to you as well about rainbow rails. Oh, sick. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty dormant currently. Yeah. But you did some really cool stuff with steel. You can't call them flat bars because they're not, are they? Um, I made very few flat ones, I think. Yeah. Um, so how'd you get into that? What What was the inspiration there? Um, it started, I think I just saw a video of someone skating a low roll on rail, like pretty low, lower than you'd see in a skate park. And I was like, well, that's something I don't have access to. And my brother knows how to weld. Mm. And I think we worked out that we could, so it was essentially just a little roll on rail. And we figured out we could, if we sourced a pipe somewhere, I think we had something laying around, you could put a few pie cuts into it, into the pipe and then bend it down. And then you... He has the basic little MIG welder I think he had at the time. Mm-hmm. He stitched it up for me, put some legs on it, and it was so fun. So I think the next week even, I went and bought myself a really cheap little, I think it was a $100 little stick welder. Okay. And then just went from there. Just yeah. started finding street signs, finding yeah. whatever I could to put them together, and coming up with all these crazy designs. Because I, I realized it was... Um, much faster than doing concreting mm. like you don't have to wait on curing you don't have to wait on gathering all these materials as soon as you've put it together you can take it out and skate it yeah yeah um so yeah that was kind of it just kept drawing me in from that and then realizing that no matter how weird of a design i thought of it still kept 
seeming to work. Yeah. And then seemed to enjoy like refining it a bit and getting better at my welding. And then people started asking to buy them. That, and then that coincided right with COVID. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, well, I don't want to feel like a warmonger, but people didn't have places to skate so much. They were refined to car parks and it just went hand in hand. Yeah, I think, yeah, kind of COVID had, had a big impact on skateboarding in general. I know from talking to uh, mates who are, you know, sales reps um, and stuff like that within skating, that it was literally like the months, like the kind of orders they were getting was like the months before Christmas every month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people set their, high, their hopes real high after that, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I can't remember when I had my hip surgery, but it was, it was at the beginning of COVID, I had, um, a little surgery on my hip yeah. and that's when I started making wax because I had a recovery period, mm -hmm. which happened to coincide with, um, with COVID and Australian shops not being able to get stock fast enough uh anything they could get their hands on hey? exactly so i was i was really lucky that ty calling helped me out a lot like because plus also i think mean, i feel like slappy skating boomed then because people were refined to car parks more yeah. so so the yeah, wax yeah. was just perfect timing that's it and i i was like i can't believe how much of this i now have to make <laughs> yeah it's on the same miles. thing as well with the rails. It's crazy. Yeah. It starts as a hobby and turns into something like quasi full-time. I, I hired half a half a garage and had to turn it into a workshop. <laughs> so I was in there like, oh, I fell over. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was in there six, eight hours a day making or packaging wax and, you know, um, Ty would go on the road visiting shops. Do you have the inventory? Do you know how many blocks you made? All up. Yeah. I could look it up in the invoices. You should do that one. It was, it was interesting to know. It was kind of crazy yeah. for for such a short period of time anyway. I think it was like, yeah, a four to six week explosion where I was doing like hundreds of blocks of wax. Um, wow. Well, yeah, uh, and I, I, I had to. I initially put in a sticker order, the sticker that comes with the wax. Mm -hmm. I initially put in a sticker order of uh, what was it, two hundred stickers, and I think two weeks later, I was um, calling to order five hundred more. Like, yeah, just going, or oh, maybe I had a thousand made. I can't remember. I still dream of the um the kit that you were conceptualizing. This it could still happen. Yeah, um, I feel like it would lead to so much more widespread liberation of curbs. Yeah, making yeah. it accessible like that. The the um yeah the the one stop curb kit. That's it. Um, and won't say too much more about that. Yeah. <laughs> Because, Copyright pending. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I have noticed some companies doing their own rub bricks. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, mm, maybe hold off on, yeah, more info on yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 
how's um how's stuff like uh getting support from companies and stuff like that treating you you're getting uh boards trucks wheels basically you want to do a shout out to anyone uh smoke beer and i we work together on some boards um we've we've like designed a few shapes over the year here and there um we've got a, there's a 10 inch popsicle out at the moment that's pretty fun yep working on a few more things at the moment that i'm really excited about new shapes uh cheats matthew cheatham from trapdoor distribution okay, it's yep. nice enough to send me some ace trucks and thanks andrew mapstone actually for sending me some vans the other day i know that was really nice yeah. you know like flow or anything just like out of the kindness of his heart mappy's cool he's a good fella yeah, yeah. that's uh, it yeah my girlfriend for filming me sometimes like on instagram no that's it nice. you got your own filmer oh well, yeah we try to film each other yeah i i love i actually like the clips that they're, they're um for lack of a better word very cute you know yeah like yeah it'll be cam eating shit and then Cam's girlfriend, like on the roller skates. Yeah. It's like, yeah, back, forth, back, forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I reckon, um, why don't we wrap it up there? Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for coming, mate. And thanks for having me. Maybe we'll do a, um, on your next DIY, yeah. we'll do a, uh, a follow up. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe, how about this? We do, um, if if you want to make a curb or something like that, do a step by step. Yeah, or like a little we could do like a curb maintenance thing would be cool. Oh, I like we'll go that. through start to finish, <laughs> fix a big few big like expansion cracks. Yep, because people think you just rock up and put wax on a curb and it's good. Andreas thinks you just rock up and it's ready every time. <laughs> Andreas, oh, this is not waxed yet. Oh, this is too waxed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, and um, yeah, absolute pleasure. We'll catch you uh, on the next episode. If you enjoyed this one, like and subscribe. Uh, click those buttons. And yeah, thanks again, Cam Markin. <laughs>